The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Lieutenants, this has been certainly a uh, very interesting week, difficult week. What we saw that occurred in the late hours of Saturday night into Sunday morning in Orlando is beyond repugnant, beyond repulsive. And we'll spend some time talking about that. As you know, we love to enjoy alpha male pleasure maneuvers and discuss that. But when the time is right, when things are appropriate... We are first and foremost Americans, and we will get to that talking about what occurred. And you will never believe who they are pointing the finger at, who they are blaming, and the new term that is now being bandied about by some of the enemies of truth, EOTs, enemies of truth. We will get to that. But somebody just walked in as we are here today at the Davidoff Store and Lounge. Got a great show for you today. We're kicking it off front and center right now. Long-ass greetings and salutations, a long-ass snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure, America's alpha male front and center. Long live the alpha. We have moved Humidor 1A Command Center Alpha to the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa, not far from the airport, just a magnificent place that is now our second home. And in the second hour, we'll be joined by Greg Ruschkowski. He has a very unique title, Greg has. He's with Brown Foreman, the distillers of Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve Old Forster. And they're launching a new Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey called Cooper's Craft. And Greg is the Vice President and Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing. He is in charge of Cooperage Operations. You can't make bourbon whiskey or Tennessee whiskey without the barrel. And it's going to be a fascinating hour, I am sure. And we're going to be sampling for the very first time amongst the first in the country, the new Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, which will be available only primarily in the Southeast. First new release from uh, Brown Foreman in about 20 years. But you never know who's going to walk in wherever we are conducting broadcast maneuvers. I'm, I'm sitting around getting ready for the show to start. And who comes walking in? A longtime friend, Hamlet Paredes of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, making the rounds, uh, doing some sales calls here in the uh, Cigar City of Tampa and the west coast of Florida. Hamlet, great to see you, my friend. Yeah, me too, Dave. What a nice surprise. I'm telling you, I I look up and I see you, Hamlet. And, of course, Hamlet uh, joined us at the Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest last August in Buffalo. And, Hamlet, you will be joining us again along with Nish uh, Patel and Nimish Desai. And, of course, we can't forget Max Bickler, who is the regional rep for Rocky Patel in the uh, New York and uh, Northeast area. So you will be up. Have you been working on anything new? 
uh, yeah, we have been working a lot. Uh, new stuff is going to come later on in the year. Uh, we're going to do something different for this show. And uh, there's new stuff, but it's in the same uh the same line, the same Tabaquero line. Well, the Cigar Retailers Convention, hard to believe, is about four or five weeks from now in Las Vegas. So Hamlet will definitely see you there. And I know that you were a big hit last year, not only in Vegas at the IPCPR. You were a big hit to all of those uh, uh, alphas and attendees at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. And I know we had a great time. It's going to be another great weekend. And we're going to launch the new Rocky Patel 55. Were you involved in creating that new cigar? Yeah, I was, uh, I was doing my, my job, which is like, you know, create the size of that cigar, which is going to be a unique size. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a home run. I know it's going to be a home run. Rocky described what he wanted. And when I was visiting your offices, Rocky Patel headquarters down in Naples, got to be about maybe three months ago, three and a half months ago, Rocky and Nish and Nimish were all in the conference room. You were there, and they gave me some cigars to try, and they gave me three. The first one I smoked I loved. The second one was good. The third one I thought was a little too harsh, and they said, what do you think, General? And I said, number one. And Rocky looked and said, see, guys, didn't I tell you? That's the one I liked. So Rocky and I have good taste. It's a magnificent cigar. As Rocky likes to say, it's going to be very balanced, going to be smooth, very complex, a little spicy but it's celebrating Rocky's 55th birthday. Uh, so it's going to be a great cigar. And Hamlet, uh, I know we're going to have some other interesting things up in Buffalo as well. So we look forward to seeing you up there. And uh, everything good so far? You've been in the United States, what now, just over a year? A year and three months already. So 15 months, so far yeah. so good? So far so good. I have been working a lot. I've been traveling all over the States now. I did more than 100 events already. So it has been a hard work, but it's the only way to do it. So. Well, you didn't think Rocky was going to hire you and not work you, you know, into the ground, did you? <laughs> I mean, Rocky's going to get you out there, and for good reason, because you have a very interesting story. And just to refresh our Alpha and Lieutenant's memories, you defected from Cuba. Yes. And you were, tell us about your job with Habanos, which is the big Cuban-owned cigar company, a state-owned cigar company and distributor of Cuban cigars around yeah, the world. that was my beginning. So I, I've been doing this for the last 23 years. And big part of my job was to represent Havanos all over the world. I was part of a team of rollers that every year went out and we did all over the world demonstrations and performing and just promoting the Havano cigars. And you traveled everywhere, Canada, Hong Kong, yeah. uh, all of Asia, been, Europe, everywhere. Yeah. In my short life, I've been already 27 different countries. That's incredible. Representing uh, cigars. So at the end of the day, they are cigars, no matter where they're from. So Correct. And we just meet cigar people. So when I get just to the States and I did the interview with Rocky, and Rocky had a seat with me and said, here is the deal. We're gonna make, you're going to make a cigar, you're going to blend it, and then you're going to be traveling around the U.S. first and then around the world later. And I, I, I told him I got to hold myself in the chair. I, Otherwise, I'm going to be jumping around the room like, are you kidding me? You're giving to me what I love to do, you know? Well, they told me, Nimish Desai and Nish Patel both told me an interesting story when I saw them at the IPCPR, the Cigar Retailers Convention. I think it was after the first uh, day. The second morning, I saw them. I make my rounds, and we were chit-chatting. And so, you know, you were over in the corner rolling cigars, and they said, I want to relay a story uh, uh, to you. And I said, all right, what is it? And they said, well, yesterday during the show, Hamlet came up to us kind of concerned he said, people were asking me all different questions about the cigars and about me. What should I tell them? And Nimish looked and said, it's a free country. Tell them whatever the hell you want to tell them. And that just shows we take it for granted here in the United States. But it wasn't that way in Cuba. They told you what to say. You were really instructed what you could and could not say. 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, we were not allowed actually to give interviews to people if they don't let us to do it. And I didn't want to do something wrong, you know. And of course, it was just right at the beginning that I came to right. this country. So right. even now, after one year, I'm still adjusting myself to right. be free 100%. So. Right. Well, it's just an interesting story that I think unless you are you know, from a communist country, Cuba or the old Soviet Union or other Eastern Bloc countries, you really don't, we as Americans don't have an appreciation for that because we take it for granted, our First Amendment rights. We were born into it, but you really uh, are only experiencing it for the first time over the last 15 months. So that was a great story that I wanted to relay. Hamlet, great seeing you. I know Cigar Mother's looking forward to seeing you up for the big party we have on Friday night before the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. And we look forward to uh, seeing you up in Buffalo in uh, mid-August, uh, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks. And we'll be launching the new Rocky Patel 55. And as Rocky would say, Hamlet, enough of playing Club Med. Go out there and start selling cigars. Start working. So I'm going to tell you what Rocky would tell you if he was here. So Hamlet, great to see you, and I appreciate you stopping by. No, pleasure, man. What a nice surprise, and I'm very happy that you invited me to the show, and uh, that's great. We see oh. each other in, in Buffalo again. That's right. Buffalo, we always see each other in Naples. We always have a great time. I always say it's like going to visit family down there. We always rib each other. We have a great time, and, and uh, there's really nothing like it. So Hamlet Paredes, who is one of the master blenders uh, for Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, one of their ambassadors. The Hamlet Cigar is doing fantastic. A nice, rich, full-bodied cigar available for the last year, doing very, very well. Lieutenants, when we come back, we will talk about what occurred, the terrorist attack by a radical Islamic, uh, Islamist terrorist last Saturday night into Sunday morning in Orlando. The enemies of truth are pointing their finger at everything except the truth. And when we come back, I am just almost mortified and astonished what I will tell you, as you will be, of what they are pointing. And it has to do with being a masculine man. Lieutenants, we will continue from the Davidoff Store and Lounge. Don't forget our number two, Greg Ruskowski, who's in charge of Cooperage Operations for Brown Foreman, will be joining us as we launch the new Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey in the second hour. We will continue front and center. The June selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Quesada cigar sampler, including the Quesada 40th Anniversary, the Fonseca Cubano Limitado, and the Fonseca Classic 799. The Fonseca Classic 799 has a Connecticut wrapper, Mexican Sumatra binder, and Dominican Longleaf filler. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. 
Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in into the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. I want to spend some time talking about the tragic terrorist act that took place in Orlando Saturday evening into Sunday morning. And uh, Omar Mateen, who perpetuated this act of terror, was a radical Islamic terrorist. There is no debate on the issue. Before I get to what I want to discuss here, where some of the way off the chart liberals blame men, masculinity, and a new form of masculinity that they have termed, let me just say this about what took place. Whether you are straight, lesbian, gay, queer, curved, white, black, yellow, uh, plaid, check, whatever whatever you are, an attack on one American really is an attack on all Americans. And what took place on Saturday, while it has something to do with the fact that Omar Mateen did commit his act of terror at an LG, a lesbian gay bar, that in and of itself is not just the story. It's the fact that he perpetuated it on American soil to Americans. Now, yes, there's no question that it took place in a gay bar. 
I frankly could care less what people want to do. They want to do it on their own time. I don't care. In fact, I don't want the government, I don't want other people coming into my bedroom, you don't want them in your bedroom, and that's my feeling, and that's what I believe. Hands off. What people want to do is up to them. End of discussion. And yes, he did attack a gay bar, but he also attacked Americans. And to me, when that attack took place, I asked myself, what will it take? How many more of these until we wake up and realize that radical Islamic terror cannot be negotiated, cannot be, you, you cannot have a kumbaya moment with these people. They have to be eradicated. Now, clearly, there were signs this guy was radicalized. The FBI was on their radar, and unfortunately, they were able to not do anything. And it's too bad that we don't have, uh, the FBI couldn't maintain a file and follow up and get a flag that if the guy goes to try to buy guns, boom, warning sirens go off. But I had somebody a few days ago tell me, well, this is because Americans have gone into Iraq and the Muslims, the ISIS, they're very upset about that. And I looked at this person and said, you have no idea about the history of Islamic terror. Go back to the history and look at Muslim Brotherhood. Go back to the late 1800s. This isn't a new revelation. It's relatively new over the last 20, 30 years that they've been attacking Americans and now on American soil. But this problem has lingered. So when people say, well, the problem isn't radical Islamic terror, the problem is guns. I heard Jim Clyburn, the third in command, the minority whip for the Democrat Party in Congress, third in command in Congress, in an interview on one of the cable networks say, this had nothing, this attack had nothing to do about radical Islamic terror. This had everything to do with guns. Yes, guns were a part, there's no doubt about it. But to say that this is about guns and not about radical Islamic terror, if he didn't have guns, what did the Tsarnaevs use? They didn't use guns. They created bombs with nails that they could get at any hardware store. And of course, people point the finger at Donald Trump saying, well, this is just, this is absurd what he's mentioning to close the entire religion. What he said very clearly, which I agree with, is we don't have a way to vet these people. And I find it interesting that the largest group of immigrants have been from the Middle Eastern countries, primarily Muslim. There have been very few Christian immigrants to this country from those war-ravaged areas. I have no problem with them. They want to come to this country and assimilate and, and, and become Americans. I have no issue. But I do have an issue when we see repeatedly and constantly Muslims coming in from countries becoming radicalized and perpetuating attacks and killings on our nation's soil. It is absolutely amazing to me and astounding to me that members of the liberal, the Democrats, and even some Republicans can't see that. This isn't about picking a religion. And I will tell you that the people in this country that are of Muslim faith that assimilate, they'll tell you right up, hey, this is bad for us. This makes us look bad. We want to eradicate it. And it's funny, I saw CARE, the Council of Islamic uh, uh, American Islamic relations get up and do their normal press conference. But how many times have they gone out into the communities, the Muslim communities, and, and attempt to educate and talk about 
the importance of assimilating into this country. I don't recall it, but they're the first to jump up and down and say, we can't jump to conclusions. Well, I am jumping to a conclusion. And if that makes me racist, then so be it. I'm fed up and sick of all these people that want to be politically correct and say, we must let everyone in. No, we shouldn't. And unless we have an absolute method of vetting, then we should shut the borders and say, enough's enough. And the problem is, not with everybody in the Muslim community, but many, they don't want to assimilate. Every ethnic group that has immigrated this country, Italians, Poles, Irish, Greek, Jews, Christians, they have come to this country and they wanted to assimilate. My grandparents on both sides came to this country and they were incredibly proud to be American and pick up American customs and learn the language. And it is beyond pale to me how people fail to see this. Now I'd rather be spending time talking about cigars and spirits, talking about things that we as alpha males enjoy pleasure-wise. But first and foremost, we're Americans, and when something of this caliber hits, we cannot put our head in the sand and smile and say, everything's great, let's just smoke our cigars and have our whiskey, everything's great. We've got problems in this country, and we're going to continue having problems to this country unless we address it. And I find it amazing, when I watched Obama speaking, really going after Trump, he was very upset because Trump called him out on not using the term radical Islam. When he went to even mention the term, he said, radical, he had a hesitation in his, in his voice. If you look at the video, we'll post this. There was a delay. He almost couldn't say the two things together, two words together, radical, Islamic. Couldn't say it. I can say it. Other peoples can say it. Until we address the issue, we will always have this problem. It is not just guns. And then to say this was just an attack on a gay bar, yes, it was, but it was also an attack on Americans. And this attack could have happened in, an, in Disney World, it could have happened in a restaurant, could have happened in a theater, and we better wake the hell up. But how many more of these terrorist attacks do the liberals, even members of the Republican Party, the Democrats, until they wake up and say, we've got a problem? And until we can figure this out and find out who's coming in and really interview people, then we need to shut immigration. If people can't assimilate into this country, this country will cease being the special country that it is. It will stop being the United States of America. And that goes for every group. You want to come from Mexico? You come here legally and you don't want to assimilate? Then I have a problem with that. When we come back, I will tell you about a Salon.com article pointing the finger for the terrorist attack at men. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Like a conquistador, it's the General Cigar Dave. So who should we blame for the terror attack that occurred last Saturday evening into Sunday morning in Orlando? Should we blame Omar Mateen? Yes. Should we blame radical Islamic terror? Yes. But that's not what Salon.com and an author of an article by the name of Amanda Marcotte, had to say about the terrorist incident. Here's the headline from her article earlier this week. It's time to admit that toxic masculinity drives gun violence. So here we have it. Now it is toxic masculinity. It's not just masculinity, toxic masculinity. A new phrase that the uh, enemies of truth and the libs are now starting to use. Again, what have we heard for all these years? Oh, it's the problem because men are too masculine. We need to feminize them. And they say that the problem is men, because of toxic masculinity, want guns. They want to show how powerful and tough they are. No, I would make the case the problem we've had in this country the last 30 years is the fact that, number one, boys have been feminized. Kids, boys have been taught to not express their male tendencies by wanting to play cops and robbers or play dodgeball or wrestle or play tackle football because that's too dangerous. We're, we're breeding boys to be aggressive, which is exactly what boys need to do at that age is get their, their energy out. It's like a puppy. You want to let the puppy run around and, and exhaust himself. But no, that's not the issue. And then the other thing that I really believe is a major problem, which is a cause of many of these shootings that we've seen, is because kids, including boys, are told from the time 
They're out of the womb how great they are. They're special. They're perfect. They can do no wrong. That everything they do deserves a trophy, a participation trophy. Even if they're terrible at a sport or terrible at an activity, you're still worthy. You are worth being a human being, and we're going to give you this participation trophy. So they don't learn how to deal with loss, with losing. They don't know how to deal with negative consequences, with negative uh, items that occur in their lives. So what happens? When they're not taught at a young age that, no, you're not going to win all the time, no, you can't have your way all the time, and there are times when, yeah, you lost and you've got to move on and work harder to try to win, but don't worry, you're still great. What happens? When they go into their teenage years and young adult years, when something negative happens to them, when somebody teases them, when somebody picks on them, skills that they should have known how to deal with when they're kids, what happens? They snap and they go get a gun and they shoot everyone up. Now, when I grew up in the late 60s and 70s, we played cops and robbers, we had cap guns, we wrestled, we tackled, we roughhoused, we played, we don't, didn't all win, we didn't all get trophies, and yet why is it that when we watched cartoons and saw Bugs Bunny or some of the other Looney Tunes characters blowing other guys' heads off or dropping an anvil from a mountaintop and whacking you know, uh, Wile E. Coyote. How come we didn't want to go out and do the same thing? Now remember, they say, oh, we can't even have fake guns, can't have toy guns, because that sets a bad example. Why is it that when we grew up in the 60s, 70s, why is it that we didn't go out and shoot everything up at the first sign of something negative happening in our lives? Very simple. Because we were taught how to learn to deal with adversity. You learn to deal with adversity when you are in your kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, your elementary years. Kids today, boys today, do not learn how to deal with adversity. They're given participation trophies and said and told, you're wonderful, you're perfect, lest anyone tease you or pick on you. So when they are picked on, they snap. Now does the, do the people, the feminists, do the people in America want to acknowledge that? No, instead it's all the guns. Guns were available when we were all growing up. My grandparents went to Los Angeles and Disneyland in, in, in California, and I'll never forget, they brought me back a, a Western-type outfit. I had the cowboy hat and the boots. I had a holster with two cap guns, and we shot off caps. And we ran around and played cops and robbers. And amazingly, we turn out great. And to this day, I have not murdered anyone. I have not shot anyone. I have not uh, attacked anyone. Why is that? because I never had any adversity, nobody picked on me, of course, but you learn how to deal with it. It's part of becoming an adult, part of becoming uh, your formative teenage years and becoming an alpha, a masculine male. So here's this headline. It's time to admit that toxic masculinity drives gun violence. Now, Salon.com was created about 20 years ago. It talks about politics, current affairs with a liberal perspective. The author of this article is Amanda Marcotte. Let me read some excerpts. Our national attachment to dominance models of manhood is a major reason why we have so much violence. She says, the answer it's quickly starting to seem is both of these and more. A picture is quickly forming. Oh, wait, let me, let me go back to one other paragraph. 
In the wake of the horrific shooting in Orlando that left 50 dead, a political struggle is forming on whether to define this act as an anti-gay crime or as an act of radical Islamic terrorism. Has this lady ever thought that maybe it's both? It starts with terrorism, and it was an anti-gay crime, but it could have been in a theater or somewhere else, and it was an anti-American crime, too. So she says, this answer is quickly starting to seem is both of these and more. A picture is quickly starting to form of who Omar Mateen the shooter was. His ex-wife describes a man who was controlling and abusive. A colleague says he was always using racial and sexual slurs and talked about killing people all the time. Now, she says there's a common theme here, toxic masculinity. Every time feminists talk about toxic masculinity, there's a chorus of whiny dudes who will immediately assume or pretend to assume that feminists are condemning all masculinity, even though the modifier toxic inherently suggests that there are forms of masculinity that are not toxic. Let's clarify something here. Feminists attack every masculine man, period, or man. Every masculine man, all of masculine men, the feminists attack. Why? Not just toxic, the, 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 that they're condemning. They're condemning all masculine men. Why is that? Because we don't conform to what they deem is proper behavior, and that is we should become feminized, and we should walk around with our heads between our tails and apologize for being men and for being masculine. That's never going to happen. Not this alpha, not you as alphas. Never going to happen. She says, to be excruciatingly clear, toxic masculinity is a specific model of manhood geared towards dominance and control. It's a manhood that views women and LGBT people as inferior, sees sex as an act not of affection but domination, and which valorizes violence as the way to prove oneself to the world. What a crock of absolute bullshit. Total crock. There's no other way to say it. This is fantasy that this woman has created. And she says that for political reasons, conservatives are hustling as fast as they can to make this about radical Islam, which is to say that they're trying to imply that there's something inherent to Islam and not Christianity that causes such violence. You're damn right there is, lady. This Amanda Marcotte is living on Fantasy Island. The last five, six terror attacks, they weren't Christians. They were radical Islamic terrorists, period. You cannot deny fact. And she goes on to say that toxic masculinity aspires to toughness, but it is, in fact, an ideology of living in fear, the fear of ever seeming soft and tender, weak, or somehow less than manly. This insecurity is perhaps the most stalwart defining feature of toxic masculinity. Now, I don't live in fear. I am not masculine or an alpha male out of fear. I'm an alpha male and masculine out of confidence. And what do alpha males, what's one of the characteristics of masculine men and alpha males? They know how to treat their women. They're polite, they're gregarious, they take charge. Does that mean that we are insecure, we live in fear of being soft, tender, weak, or less than manly? What a load, what a crock. And let me give you two examples. But the, the most specific example I want to give she uses to try to make this analogy, she talks about the ludicrously long and shaggy beards on Duck Dynasty meant to stave off any association with the dreaded feminine with a thicket of hair. You've got to be kidding me. She's going after men with beards. Now, look, the guys at Duck Dynasty, I think those beards 
are incredibly skeezy. It looks like roaches and larvae and cockroaches and vermin and other sorts of parasites can live in that thing. I'm not a beard guy. I have a silky, smooth, soft baby face, just like a baby's ass. At least that's what the women in the harem say. I'm not a beard guy. If you want a beard, great. Free country, go ahead. I don't criticize people that want beards. Personally, James Bond would never have a beard. This general would never have a beard, but that's my choice. But to somehow say that a man that has a bushy beard is growing that beard to stave off any association with feminism, what a load. I mean, this is total fantasy. And it says the toxic masculinity, there's a persistent pressure to constantly be proving manhood and warding off anything considered feminine or emasculating is the main reason why we have so many damn shootings in the United States. No, the reason we have so many shootings in the United States, let's break it down into two categories. We have Islamic, radical Islamic terrorism shootings, and then we have other acts of terror, other criminal activities, and why do these boys, when we saw Columbine and we saw the movie theater attacks, what is the common denominator? They are socially inept. They don't know how to deal with adversity in their life. They were feminized from a young age. And so in their formative years, as I have stated multiple times in this segment, what happens when you feminize a boy, when you tell him you cannot play rough, you cannot you cannot wrestle, you cannot play cops and robbers, you can't display any form of aggression or getting the energy out, and oh, by the way, in no way, shape, or form can you ever think that you're anything but a winner. You are 100% right and 100% winner all the time. Baloney. When you are not taught to how to deal with adversity, when you're a little kid, you have a little temper tantrum, you're taught, hey, this is how you deal with it. And when they don't teach at a young age, they become combustible teens or combustible young adults. It is very, very simple. So when I see this, this is an absolute load of nonsense. And it says toxic masculinity, also the main reason, also the reason it's so easy for men with major issues to get a hold of the high-powered weaponry necessary to commit these crimes. No, this has nothing to do with masculinity. It has everything to do with feminization and the culture of being right and being a winner and getting participation trophies. That is fact. This article was absolute nonsense, total horse manure. And she goes on to also say that men who show they need toughness, that we need to toughen up, that this is another form of toxic masculinity. No, men do need to toughen up, especially when we see the number of wussified betas in this nation. It is absolutely outrageous. So let's set the record straight. What took place in, in Columbine, what took place in uh, Connecticut in that grade school, Sandy Hook, those were examples of wussified boys that were not taught how to deal with adversity at a young age and they snapped. What took place in Orlando, what took place at the Boston Marathon, that was absolute radical Islamic terrorism. When we come back, We'll conduct the National Cigar Lightation Ceremony as we continue from the Davidoff Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. 
The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have just been gifted a box of a brand new cigar just launched about a week or so ago. It was given to me by Tommy Diadio from Jeff Borshowitz, one of the men involved in this new cigar. It is the FSG Florida Sun Grown by Drew Estate. Interesting story on the FSG, the Florida Sun Grown. 
Brand new brand. Brand new brand. I think it's like redundant, but a new brand that has roots, obviously, in Florida because the Florida sun-grown filler tobaccos grown on a farm in central Florida by Jeff Borshowitz, who is the owner of Corona Cigar Company in Orlando, three locations in Orlando, as well as the Davidoff Store and Lounge here in the Cigar City of Tampa, where we are originating today. We have moved Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A2. He's been working on this project for over four years. It's been a labor of love. He's spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of trial, a lot of tribulation. It has not been easy, but the result has been spectacular. And for the first time in over about 40 years, cigar tobacco being grown in the sunshine state of Florida. And so because Jonathan Drew and Jeff Borshowitz go back, Jonathan, of course, the founder of Drew Estate, they collaborated where Jonathan said, we'll take your Florida sun-grown tobacco and we'll, make, we'll, we'll create some sort of brands or multiple brands using it. We'll be the exclusive purchaser of that Cigar Tobaccos. And so the Florida Sun Grown, the FSG, has officially been launched. It comes in four different sizes, a Robusto, a Toro, a Bellicoso, and a 60. And I have the Toro, which is 6x52, my favorite size. Jeff knows me well. He knows my favorite size, so I've got the Toro. And it features the Florida sun-grown tobacco as an accent tobacco, which adds some unique character and taste to the blend. It uses select Nicaraguan fillers. The binder is Habano, and a Brazilian wrapper is used to finish it off. A beautiful, I love Brazilian wrapper. Adds a lot of flavor, nice, dark, and oily. There'll also be a limited edition trunk press Toro that will be available. But the suggested retail price is, uh, trying to think for the Toro let's see is probably going to be in the $13 area so we're looking at about $12 to $14 per cigar so it's definitely on the higher price but it's a very unique cigar it's going to be a very not overly limited but certainly limits as to how much tobacco that they can grow or Jeff can grow in Central Florida the blend was created by Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera we've had him on the show numerous times took two years to finally blend and I can tell you that this cigar, I can't wait to try it, but I've been told that it's very rich, very spicy, very smooth, a lot of unique taste nuances. I cannot wait to get to this. It is a beautiful looking cigar. It is now available, but again, it's going to be somewhat limited, but it is now available. Makes a great Father's Day gift. And by the way, I want to extend a special Father's Day greeting to all the fathers. And this weekend, I will, of course, be thinking about my father, Dr. Z on Father's Day. So to all the fathers out there, we say happy Father's Day. And this would make a great Father's Day gift. So have the missus, have the kids, buy a box. You won't go wrong. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my right hand that I will use today on this FSG Florida Sun Grown by Drew Estate Doro. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Got my Cigar Day signature lock and load from the Research and, the, uh, and Development Laboratories. Massive flame. This extends about four inches. Almost looks like a blowtorch. And in fact, you could use this blowtorch to char the white oak barrels that uh, bourbon whiskey is made in. And in fact, in the second hour, we've got a very special guest that I will tell you about in just a few moments. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. 
Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I'll toast the foot of this cigar. Magnificent. Beautiful. Man, the oiliness on this Brazilian wrapper just, just silky smooth. All right, I've got the Florida FSG toasted. Let me off and rotate. Great draw. Wow. Mm. Wow. Massive amounts of flavor. A little bit of sweetness. Let me take another puff. Wow, this is magnificent. Right off the get-go. Very, very unique. And I don't know what type of complexion the Florida sun-grown tobacco that Jeff Borshowitz has grown on his farm, but I can tell you, overall, a beautifully blended cigar. My cigar is now lit. Now, in the next hour, lieutenants... We have a very special guest, Greg Roshowski, Roshkowski, who is the Vice President and Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing for Brown Foreman, will be joining us. He's in charge of all their cooperage operations. We'll talk with him about making barrels, making a new bourbon that they're launching called Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, their first new bourbon launch in over 20 years, and we're one of the first people that will sample it. going to be available only in the southeast. So he will be joining us next hour. Stay tuned for that. Don't forget the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo, where a big renaissance is going on. We will be launching the new Rocky Patel 55. It's a great day of Alpha Buffet, of cigars, spirit samplings. We'll have some great craft brews from Hamburg Brewing, including a special Cigar Dave Alpha Male Ale. Tickets and info, CigarDave.com. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, I'm thoroughly enjoying the new FSG, the Florida Sun Grown by Drew Estate. Absolutely beautiful cigar. The first time that Florida Cigar Tobacos have been put in a cigar in, geez, probably 40 years, but a magnificent cigar. And I purposely did not partake in libation maneuvers in the first hour because, as I have mentioned the entire first hour, we will be debuting a brand new bourbon whiskey from Brown Foreman. It is called Cooper's Craft, and we've got a very special guest that will be joining us in this hour. He is responsible for the cooperage operations, which is extremely important when it comes to bourbon. You can't make bourbon without a proper oak 
barrel, a new charred oak barrel. So we will talk that. We'll talk about the new Cooper's Craft. First time ever. It's being launched. You're hearing it first on the Cigar Dave Show. And welcome back. Hour number two, lieutenants. As always, a long-ash snappy salute. And it is my pleasure here, and I should uh, mention that we are coming once again to you from the Davinoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City, right in the airport area, the West Shore District of the Cigar City of Tampa. Beautiful location for us to do the show. And uh, as always, I've got to thank uh, the owner, Jeff Borshowitz of Corona Cigar and the Davidoff Store and Lounge uh, for allowing the great hospitality. And, of course, General Manager Tommy Diadio, Tommy D, for his hospitality as well. They treat us uh, like uh, family here, and it is just great to be here where we can enjoy cigars, enjoy libations. And I want to welcome Greg Roshkowski. Now, this is a very unique title, Lieutenant, so I'm going to read it to you. I guarantee you have never heard of this title ever before. Greg is the Vice President and Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing for Brown Foreman, uh, one of the large distillers in the United States and around the world, based in Louisville. And Greg, great to have you in the Cigar City. A pleasure and honor to have you on the Cigar Dave Show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, Greg, I, I have to tell you, the title is very unique. Uh, now, as I, when I looked at it, I said, so basically you're in charge of cooperage operations, which is the barrel uh, procurement of wood and making the, the barrel, getting the barrels charred. And you told me, yes. Yep. Yes, that's exactly what that means. So Brown Foreman's the only distillery company in the world that owns its own new barrel cooperage. And like I said, we control that from bark to barrel and barrel to bottle. So I like that. Bark to barrel and barrel to bottle. And when you think about it, you cannot have Jack. Well, some of the great <laughs> products you make, Jack Daniels. You make now the new Cooper's Craft, Woodford Reserve, Old Forester. You cannot make Tennessee whiskey or Kentucky bourbon whiskey without new charred oak barrels. That's correct. It's got to go in a new charred oak barrels. And like I said, we make them for our own company and we've been doing doing it for 70 years. So we've been making whiskey for 150 years, been making barrels for 70. So the bottle says that what matters most, we do ourselves because, you know, over half the flavor and all the color in a bourbon is coming from that barrel. And we'll talk about the new Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey that you're launching, that Brown Foreman is launching to add up. What a great lineup when you think about it. You've got Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, which they had a beautiful repackaging and rebranding last summer. And, of course, we can never forget Jack Daniels, Tennessee Whiskey, uh, amongst our favorite and the Gentleman Jack, definitely my favorite. But tell us about you, Greg. Uh, how did you get involved with Brown Foreman first and getting involved in running their cooperage operations, making their barrels? Yeah, well, I started with Brown Foreman over 20 years ago and was uh, involved in the manufacturing operation, actually, from a finance side. So got out to the cooperage over 15 years ago as the controller, took over as the general manager, which... Uh, later encompass all our mills that produce the wood that goes into the stave and heading material. And then um, since that time, we've built another mill. We're in the process of acquiring and, and launching another mill. And we actually had to build another cooperage just to keep up with Jack Daniels' expansion. Well, there's no way that you were a bean counter in a previous <laughs> life because you have a personality. Well, it, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> so that's interesting. You started yeah. really on the finance side. Yeah. Now, and it's very different now because you're running the entire operation. So you're not just sitting there with spreadsheets and dealing with, with uh, banks and, and CFOs. You're really out there front on the front line. You mentioned that you were up in, uh, I think it was Minnesota or Wisconsin not that long ago because yeah. that's where you procure some of your wood for the barrels. Yeah, a small portion of it comes from up there. A lot of, you know, our, our, 
our mills, we have one in Ohio, one in Tennessee, one in Alabama, and one um, launching in Indiana. A lot of wood from Kentucky and Tennessee that goes in there. So we're out, you know, like I said, procuring the woods, the first part of any barrel making process. You gotta have good wood. I always say that. Whether, <laughs> whether it's making bourbon or doing some horizontal pleasure maneuvers, you gotta have good wood. Now, it's interesting because we have seen an explosion in the popularity of bourbon. And when I'm saying bourbon, even though Jack Daniels is Tennessee whiskey, I'm gonna include that in because all of your brands have had just explosive growth the last number of years. Bourbons, brown uh, whiskeys have just been very, very popular in the United States. And you cannot just simply like cigars. You can't just say, great, we're going to go from making this amount of uh, uh, a whiskey today to this amount tomorrow because there's so many processes involved. And first and foremost, before we even talk about the mash or distilling, you've got to have the barrel. So let's talk about the explosion in the requirements in the demand for barrels because many manufacturers that don't control their own Cooperage operations have really been caught flat-footed. Yeah, that that's you know happened to a lot of people. They couldn't get a barrel, so you know where were they getting their whiskey? Who knows? You know us, we're we're five years out at least on the wood side because we want to make sure that wood is on the ground for at least four to six months before it even enters the drying process. So if most bourbons, Tennessee whiskeys are four years plus, you know we're we're already worried about what's happening in 2020 right now. You know that's uh, 2025. We're planning for it. Like I talked to you a little bit, we've opened a new uh, sawmill in Alabama a couple years ago. We're in the process of opening a new one in, in Indiana, you know, just to keep up with that raw wood supply. All right, well, we come back. I want to talk about the process from A to Z in terms of finding wood sources, getting the wood to your various mills, and then getting it into a final barrel form because there's multiple steps along the way. You have multiple operations and factories. So when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Greg Roszkowski. He is the Vice President, Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing for Brown Foreman Manufacturers of Woodford Reserve, Jack Daniels, and the new Cooper's Craft. Essentially, he runs their cooperage operations, and there is a lot to talk about. So when we continue front and center, we will uh, rejoin Greg. We'll talk about that. And then at the bottom of the hour, we will be enjoying for the very first time, we'll break open a bottle of Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And Greg's had a part in this, a hand in this, so I cannot wait to get to this. The bottle looks magnificent. The whiskey looks even better. We will continue front and center today as we come to you from the Davidoff Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Quesada Cigar Sampler, including the Quesada 40th Anniversary, the Fonseco Cubano Limitado, and the Fonseco Classic 799. The Quesada 40th Anniversary combines Secos, Visos, and Ligeros of Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers with a Dominican binder and a beautiful dark San Andreas wrapper. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is gonna be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper, 
and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg, and that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo River Works. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. And that is the perfect seg, lieutenants, for me to talk about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in Buffalo. It will be at Buffalo River Works' new location right in downtown Buffalo. It is going to be a magnificent event. It always is. And we are totally undercover. So weather will not be a factor. It is Saturday, August 13th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it is going to be a, an alpha pleasure fest of epic proportions. As soon as you walk in, you will receive a magnificent embroidered bag and a gift that will include, amongst other things, a bottle of Jack Daniels. You can never go wrong. I think it's either going to be Jack Daniels or Woodford Reserve. 
You're going to get six premium cigars from Rocky Patel, including their brand new Rocky Patel 55, which is being launched in Buffalo. So everyone attending in Buffalo at the Alpha Pleasure Fest will be the first in the world. You will then get walk in and you will be exposed to a massive alpha male lunch buffet, including a steakhouse style chopped salad, mini fish Rubens, Buffalo Salem Smokehouse, hot dog station, pasta, carnivore carving station, a uh, beautiful meat and seafood paella, desserts. You'll get samples of Woodford Reserve and Jack Daniels and Gentleman Jack, maybe even the new Cooper's Craft as well. In fact, we will get the Cooper's Craft. I'll make sure we make that happen. And we've got Hamburg Brewing, a great craft brewery in the uh, Western New York Theater of Operations. We are going to uh, have them as our guests, so we cannot wait. And we've got a very special Cigar Dave Alpha Male Ale that we have made just for that event. It's going to be a great day. Tickets available at CigarDave.com. It's a very limited, all-inclusive VIP event. So we look forward to seeing you. All the information, tickets, CigarDave.com. Now, we continue from the Davidoff Store and Lounge in Tampa with Greg Roshkowski, Vice President, Director of Wood Planning, Procurement and Processing, oversees all of Brown Foreman's Cooperage operations. So, Greg, let's talk about what it takes to make a, bale, a, 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 a barrel from A to Z. First of all, you have to get wood. It has to be oak by U.S. law. So where do you find that? The white oak that we use, it has to be white oak. Um, like I said, Tennessee, Missouri, Kentucky are primary spots. Um, getting into Ohio, some gets up into Minnesota, lower Alabama, Georgia. So that whole kind of... Uh, or west of the uh, Smoky Mountains kind of region. It's very good for growing white oak. So there's some heavy concentration, and Mother Nature's been good enough to bless us with continuing growing. Do you deal directly with foresters? We have a forester on staff who deals with the loggers and, you know, as far as looking at the long-term growth of forest and and forest management. We do not own any timberland and we do not own any logging operations. So we're, we're buying it basically after the log's been felled. Gotcha. So you don't buy it from the logging operation. You buy it from, what, the processor? We buy from logging operations. We also buy from sawmills where they will parcel out. You know, we're looking for a 16 to 22 inch white oak log what we call the butt cut, base of the tree. The up, butt cut. The butt cut from the base of the tree up to the first branching because we don't want any knots because that's where the barrel will leak if you got that. So it's really, when you think about it, I mean, you've got very specific requirements, and it's not like you pick up one, make one telephone call and say, great, this is what we need for the next year. You really have to source from multiple sources, multiple locations. You have to keep up with the cost of timber? Is there any issues affecting timber? So it's really a complicated issue. Yeah, and that's why we have a forester on staff that basically keeps up with the pricing in different regions. We have geographic diversity in our mills of where they're getting wood. You get a wet spring some areas, you know, it, it, it wipes out a season there. Approximately how many sources do you have for the white oak? Well, we're, we're coming from about 12 different sawmills, but it's, you know, um, it, it, that whole geographic area can supply the, that wood to us. Gotcha. Now, let's talk about the sawmills. So the wood comes, you either get it from the sawmills or yeah. it comes from the, the loggers. How many sawmill operations do you deal with to cut, so, to cut that? So we own four different sawmills that p- provide about 60% of our material, and then there's probably about eight or other vendors that we buy from. And um, where, where are your sawmill operations located? One's in uh, Jackson, Ohio, one's in Spencer, Indiana, one's in Wellston, or in uh, Waverly, Tennessee, and one's in 
Stevenson, Alabama. All, so they're all geographically diverse. Yeah, geographically diverse and not exactly in downtown areas. You want to be where the woods are. I was going to say, and not easy to just <laughs> hop on a plane uh, nonstop from where you're located in Louisville. No, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of driving time. I was going to say, so you have four that, that Brown Foreman owns, and you said about, what, another six, ten that you, you, you outsource with? Yes, yes. A lot of them in Kentucky and Tennessee. So we've uh, kind of stayed away from their backyard and, and not establishing a Kentucky mill. Gotcha. So it then goes from, they, they cut the wood. Where does it go from there? So when we've, we've got the raw log will come in, basically we cut it in half and then cut it in quarters. So it's quarter sawn white oak. That way the growth rings are oriented in a way where the barrel doesn't leak. So it's a unique process from a from a lumber mill. So the barrel doesn't leak because you have it what, lengthwise you said? We quarter sawn it. So quarter. basically you're cutting a wedge, you know, you're cutting it in half and have that quarter wedge, and then you're almost like peeling it off, flipping and peeling. So the, the so the growth rings are oriented in a way. Gotcha. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, because I've seen, you know, how they make these, the, the barrels, you're looking at a barrel, what, probably about 36, 38, 40 inches? In 30, 36 inches in length. Length. And you know. the width is what, about maybe two inches? Uh, no, inch and a quarter is what we're going to start out with the, the thickness of the wood. Thickness, but what about the width? Uh, the width is, you know, that, that varies. It varies. Okay. That's why the craftsmanship, and that's what Cooper's is paying homage to, is we never cut a piece exactly the same. It's always unique. We want to utilize as much of it as possible. So if there's a knot or something we have to cut around, every piece is different. So when the guy raising the barrels, he's looking at 30 different pieces, 30 different fields. If we all cut it into two-inch slats, and run, we could have robots doing it. But these craftsmen that do it, you know, they're working with that unique product. So after the sawmill, you cut the, the white oak into yep. the, I guess, staves, staves that you want. It goes where? So the stave and heading material, we'll cut the shorter planks as well for the heading material. Now we say heading, that means what? That means the shorter pieces that are going going to go into the head. Into so the head of the barrel. Right. They're going to be 24 to 22 inches long. Right. We're going to assemble a square and round that off later, but that's the heading pieces. So they will go after they're cut about four to six months. They'll either stay on the log yard or the stave and heading yard there or ship to one of our cooperages and age outside from four to six months. Now, why do you age them four to six months? Well, first of all, we're, we're leaching out some of the tannins in the wood, you know, just the natural aging process. When the wood's cut, it's about 50% moisture content. So outside in the, the environments we are in, four to six months, it's going to get down to about 25% moisture content. So you have to age the wood before you even make the barrel, yes. before you even distill the, the bourbon, and then you have to age it further. So everything along the process of whiskey involves aging. Yes, and that's why that strategic planning and, and, and the more information you have, you know, being an integrated operation, we're basically, you know, if the tail at the dog, we're about the hair at the end of the tail of the right. dog that's getting wagged. So. Gotcha. Now, after it's aged, it goes to where? One of your cooperages? It goes to one of our cooperages. And how many do you have? We have two, with Brown Foreman Cooperage being the primary one. We just opened one a couple years ago just to, to keep up with the growth of Jack Daniels, but that one's still kind of in a startup mode. And where are those located? The Jack Daniel Cooperage in Trinity, Alabama, and the Brown Foreman Cooperage is in Louisville, Kentucky. So Alabama and Louisville, and those are the only two cooperages that you own? Correct. So you make all your own barrels yes, in your do. cooperages. Yes, what is the capacity per year? Right now, we could do about 4,000 barrels a day, 800, 850,000 barrels right now. Now, when you say 4,000 a day, I want to emphasize something. These are all handmade. There is no machine that makes these. That's correct. How long does it take to make a barrel? Um, from, from start to finish, once that, that barrel's been cut into the, the staves um, and jointed, you know, it's really an only an hour and a half, two hours through the process, from raising to when it goes out the back door. 
and with no glue or nails holding that together, we have to fill that barrel within a couple days so it doesn't, it'll dry out and fall down. That's incredible. So we'll continue our conversation with Greg Ruszkowski because this is fascinating. Vice President, Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing for Brown Foreman, makers of Jack Daniels, Woodford Reserve, and the new Cooper's Craft, which we'll sample in the next segment. Essentially, Greg is in charge of the Cooperage Barrel Operations. And I want to talk about making the barrels when we come back because that is an art. And I want to find out how these barrel makers learn the trade, learn the craft, because I've seen it in person. It is fascinating, and every barrel is slightly different, just like premium cigars. You, it, it involves a craftsman or craftswoman, I guess, even today. So we will continue our conversation with Greg Ryszkowski, uh, Cooperage Operations Brown Foreman, as we continue front and center from the Davidoff Store and Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. Reminder, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. We are two months away, Saturday, August 13th. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Buffalo at Buffalo Riverworks. Wherever you are listening to us coast to coast, trust me, it's worth the trip. Buffalo is a happening place. You're going to have a great weekend. All alpha male pleasures, no enemies of pleasure. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in into the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Small shack in Kentucky, I've lived most of my life. And I do things my own way, I don't take no one's advice. I'm a simple man, an honest man, I get along just fine. When times are tough, I got three things that help me every time. Got guns and bourbon, see me. The foremost authority on cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General Cigar Dave. 
This song reminds me of Bourbon Heritage Month in September, but every month really could be Bourbon Heritage Month, and we are going to be launching for the first time, sampling for the first time, the new Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey in this segment, and we'll tell you all about it. Welcome back to the Davidoff Store Lounge here in Tampa. It's my pleasure to welcome back Greg Ryszkowski, Vice President, Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing for Brown Foreman, makers of Jack Daniels, Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, and the new Cooper's Craft. They will be in Buffalo. Uh, the folks from Brown Foreman with Jack Daniels and some Old Forster, and we're going to get some Cooper's Craft as well because I cannot wait. Just looking at this bottle, I'm salivating. But, Greg, you oversee the all the cooperage operations, making the barrels, and we left off talking about making the barrel. We, we learned where you get the raw material, the white oak. We learned about how it's cut at the sawmills, how it goes to one of your two cooperages. Now let's talk specifically about what it takes to make a barrel, the process, because it is all handmade, fire is involved, uh, it is very unique. I've seen it in person, and to watch these what do you call them, a coopersmith? Uh, coopers, I mean, but they're all craftsmen in their own way. They really so. are. It's just amazing. And again, when you're working with a natural product like wood, no two pieces are exactly the same. No two charring's exactly the same. So guide us how it's made. So, um, you know, the wood, like I said, we, we talked about it aging for about four to six months, getting it down to about 25% moisture content. We'll run it through a kiln to get it about 12% moisture content when we enter it into the facility. Wood will be planed down to an inch and a quarter, you know, so basically we're, we're looking at that piece as all being smooth. The staves will go into a, what we call a joining machine, where they'll basically remove uh, material at the ends of the barrel because the middle of the barrel's got to be wider, so you're basically going to have the end of the, the stave is going to be narrower than the middle. They're also putting an angle and a joint, you know, on that, what they call a joint on that edge of that stave so when it fits together it fits together tight so if you're going to put 30 staves in a barrel that angle on that knife is going to be set in a certain way so those pieces fit together like that after that it goes to a barrel razor and you're uh, familiar with that process that's where the craftsmanship really starts to show now talk about a barrel razor so a barrel razor is going to raise about 300 barrels a day and if you've ever seen this it's a very physical you know they're just lifting those pieces of wood 36 inches long and putting them in a, a raising ring and fitting them tightly together there's no glue holding that barrel together so the joints in that material has to be very tight in the ring they're basically starting using two wide pieces two narrow pieces two wide two narrow they're counting in their head so they know how many pieces are in there and they've also just got that feel in their hands of how wide that material is when they're reaching for it it's really a dexterity and you know you got to be you know some sit to the left some sit to the right if they're stronger left-handed or right-handed but it really is an art form and it is interesting because again there's no glue involved there's no stapling it they all fit together and then there are those rings that are around the barrel which bring them together now how do they get that curvature yeah so we'll basically put that temporary ring in there and we'll put it through a heat and steam bath so basically it it adds moisture back in and heat so we can bend it and makes the wood more pliable so then we'll put that uh, the other ring on there, and those rings are so tight that causes the you know the barrel bend basically. And like we said, we've removed more t material at the end, so the middle's fatter. So that's where that shape of the barrel actually comes from. And when does the char oaking, or the char process of the inside oak, occur? The next step is go through a toasting process, Toast, and correct. that's something that's very um, you know 
controllable by Brown Foreman, controllable by the master distiller, the time and temperature with the toasting and drawing those sugars and, and vanillas of the wood out into the, the part of the material where the whiskey is going to spend the, its most time. So that's a very, you know, a very controllable, very process. Then it'll go, after it's been toasted, it'll go into the char. And at that point, it's just lit on fire. So the toasting process, does that go into like some sort of oven or how does that work? It's very similar to what you see in toasting bread. You know, there, okay. there's some kind of that, uh, you know, not necessarily a fire, but just basically radiant heat for a long period of time. Just uh, keep it slow and slow and smooth on there. Slow and slow, just like <laughs> making ribs. About how long is that process? Uh, that process can be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, depending on what we're trying to get out of the barrel. If you think about our Woodford Reserve Double Oak, that's even a little different barrel. We, we toasted a little lower temperature for a longer period of time. You know, having the cooperage is an advantage for our master to distillers to basically be able to play with those variables. And you do play with them, and, and you do come up with new ways of charring. And we'll talk about the Jack Daniels uh, Sinatra Select because certainly there's a perfect example. But when it goes to the toasting, it almost looks like they take a giant blowtorch, giant <laughs> welding torch, and that's really how they toast the, the, uh, the barrel. But again, because there's a human element, no two are exactly alike. And like I said, trying to be as much controlled in, in the timing as we can, um, you know, that, that's our difference. And the, the charring process, that really brings out the wood flavors and some of the spiciness into the bourbon as it ages. Yes, it does. It also opens up the pores of the wood, so when that whiskey hits it in a couple of days, it can penetrate pr pretty quickly, uh, you know, into the wood. Then from there it goes to the distillery. To the distillery. Like I said, they're, they're out of the, you know, we're a just-in-time operation. When those barrels are done, we're sending them out to our distilleries to be filled. And then they're filled, and then they go sit on the, in the racks in the aging uh, houses for usually a couple of years, two to four years. At, at least two to four years. Most of them are four-year products. To be a Kentucky straight bourbon, it's got to be four. And you can only use them once. So when they are done, you either sell them to the Scotch whiskey manufacturers, or I know Lieutenant Gary up in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, James Desiderio Incorporated, Desiderio Foods, they have a tradition in the fall where many people make their own wine. So they buy many of those barrels and they put wine in there. So there's so many uses for those barrels. And I have two half barrels that I bought when I was up at the distillery that I use as planters. And one I use for a planter, the other I use actually to put ice and to put cold beverages and beers and everything at parties. And I gotta tell you, moving that, how much does a barrel weigh? Cause that, the half barrel was a ton. Yeah. A new barrel weighs about 100 pounds. A used barrel is gonna weigh about 120 pounds cause there's about three gallons of liquid you will never get out of there. You can sweat the alcohol out, replace it with water, but you're never going to get that three gallons out of there. Trust me, when I had to move that thing, you know, it came in one giant box, and I had to take them all out and move them through my house. That th and it, plus, they're so oblong, it's not easy to carry. Those things weigh a ton. Yeah, so when you see people moving them through the cooperage and they're just flipping them, or what we call walking them, right. you know, it's, that's a talent in itself, being able, you know, you and I be hip pushing, trying to move 100 they're just walking it. And when it's sitting in a warehouse, it's about over 500 pounds with the liquid in it. Now, we talked about the Sinatra Select. There's a, a perfect example of the master distiller in cooperation with you and the cooperage creating something unique because this, there's a unique part of the stave inside the barrel that I want you to discuss how it gives a unique flavor to the Jack Daniels Sinatra Select. Yeah, so the Sinatra Select goes into what we call a grooved barrel. So basically, once we put the first head on, on the barrel, we'll send it to a routing machine that basically cuts a deep groove into that barrel. All that uh, you know, sawdust ends up in the bottom of the barrel. 
So you've got that additive as well as it allows that whiskey to penetrate deeper into the wood immediately. So it uh, gives it color, a lot more color, quicker. Um, also, like I said, deeper penetration of the wood allows it to draw some deeper flavors from the wood. You know, just thinking about it, the Scotch whiskey manufacturers have a lot less to worry about because they buy all your used barrels. You're doing all the heavy lifting, pardon the pun. You're, you're getting the raw materials. You're making the barrels. You're charring the barrels. And then when it's done, they buy that, and they can use those sometimes three, four times. Oh, yeah. They'll use them 40, 50 years. Yeah, right. a barrel is made to last, you know, 40 to 50 years as long as it's taken care of. And like I said, they'll, in, in the Scotch whiskey, Irish whiskey, you'll see them 40 to 50 years. You know, they'll use them to age rum and tequilas. Right. You know, our tequilas, Brown Foreman's tequila, you know, Herodur and El Humidor will use barrels, as will our Canadian Mist products use a used barrel as well. Has there already been times when you've had difficulty getting certain raw materials or there's been issues, uh, delays because of natural forces of mother nature um you know as the bourbon barrel you know the bourbon boom expanded two three years ago we also had a very wet spring and winter where the raw you know just getting a raw log was uh quite a task so but we had planned out our inventory and had were able to absorb it where other dis, other distillers weren't able to get barrels at all so you were able to because you again own the cooperage well, give us that phrase one more time from... From bark, bark to bark to barrel, barrel to bottle. Bark to barrel, barrel to bottle. Very, very unique. And how many employees do you have on the Cooper agenda things? So there's about 600 Brown Foreman employees that are involved in that process from the time the, the, the wood's cut to the time the, the barrel's made. You know, it must be very interesting because when you think about it, most people are just thinking, okay, you know, you get the raw materials, you get the corn, you get the rye, you get the barley, you do the mash, you, you make it, but there's just a whole bunch of other steps and, and processes involved that everybody just really probably forgets about. You don't think about the fact that you can't make bourbon whiskey unless you have a barrel and a charred oak barrel. Exactly. It's like the blocking that goes on in football. Or <laughs> if you forget about that when you see all the people running around. Do, do you find that Look, I, I'm sure I know that Brown Foreman knows the importance because they've invested heavily, but do you ever think that sometimes people really kind of forget about you, that you're really kind of the first step in the whole process? Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. So that's why it's been my privilege to be able to come out and educate people and, and talk to uh, the people about Cooper's Craft and how important that barrel is to the whole process. Well, I know Dan O'Connor from Breakthrough Beverage here in Florida, who's a very, very good friend and big supporter of the Cigar Dave Show. He called me and said, we've got a brand-new bourbon whiskey that's coming out called Cooper's Craft, and we want to launch it on your show. We want you to be one of the first people in the country. So when we come back, we are going to sample for the very first time the new Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Our guest is Greg Ruschkowski, the Vice President Director of Wood Planning, Procurement, and Processing for Brown Foreman Distillers. He is in charge of all their Cooperage operations, and when we come back, I cannot wait to get my palate around a sip of this beautiful Cooper's Craft. Final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at CigarDave.com. 
America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. and beer commence thirst quenching libationary maneuvers and we welcome you back from the davidoff store and lounge in the cigar city of tampa joined uh, once again greg rushkowski vice president director of wood planning procurement and processing for brown foreman oversees all the cooperage operations tommy diadio the general manager tommy d of the davidoff store and lounge in tampa as well as the director of Distilled spirits and wine procurement for Corona Cigars for all four of their stores, including the Davidoff store Tampa, joins us. So for the very first time ever, we are going to sample the Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Greg, if you would be kind enough to crack that bottle open. All right. Get ready to enjoy a treat here. Outstanding. Now, when you look at the bottle, you line a few of these up, it actually looks like a barrel. And as Greg pours into these beautiful whiskey snifters, has a very, I tell you, just looking at the color on this is a nice golden, it's almost a lush golden 
light amber hue, not overly dark. So tell us about, as I take a sip, first of all, we'll say cheers, cheers. to all of you. Cheers. There you go. We'll take a sip here. First of all, the aroma is incredible on the nose. Very, very smooth, sweet. Take a sip. So it's bottled at 82.2 oh, 82 proof, so it's a little uh, less proof than some of the, our other products, and it's got a little less rye in it, so it's not quite as spicy. Very, very smooth finish. Wow, um, nice. You know, there, there's no no aftertaste with it, so it is. Mm -hmm. It's a very easy drinking whiskey, and like I said, we're no. You know, in, in the past, uh, having one of our products with cola was kind of a. I won't say taboo, but this is something that get perfect with cola, perfect entry level at that 82.2 to really start getting some of those flavors out. I have to tell you, it's very, very smooth. On the trademarked and patented CDWF Cigar Day, the warm factor on the way down, it's probably about a 7.5. Just a very touch of lingering warmth. Very smooth. I'm getting some sweetness on the sides of my tongue. Very, very pleasant. Nice notes of fruit, a little bit of maple, very very smooth. Tommy, your your tasting notes. Yeah, the, the finish is uh, is amazing. It actually lingers for a long time with, with that nice sweet flavor. And Greg, give us uh, your your tasting notes. You're you're one of the experts. Well, like I said, my, my taste is not as developed as my wood knowledge, but for me, I can taste the oak, the vanilla, and the and the caramels that are coming out from the wood. A um, little bit of a citrus, you know, uh, nose to it really at the beginning. Um, and then, like I said, the smooth finish is what, what has really been calling out to, to everybody and the consumers. Now, the suggested retail per bottle on average? Uh, $28.99 is the retail, you know, national. It's Under $30. Yeah, and it's only being rolled out in eight states. Um, what states? Basically what we call the old SEC. None of the Texas okay. and Missouri. We right, got right, right. Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina. So. Tommy, you got to add this to the, to the long, huge list of bourbons and distilled spirits here at Davidoff in uh, Tampa. Yeah, we'll bring it in. It's beautiful. I mean, $28.99. So tell us, because there, we know that there's been a shortage. Woodford Reserve is always in demand. Jack, how are you able to have the capacity to, uh, to distill this? Well, we've actually been planning this whiskey for over 10 years. You really? Know, Brown Foreman hasn't introduced the whiskey in 20 years. It's been 20 years since Woodford was really introduced, and we've had some line extensions, or whether mm -hmm. we've done Double Oak or Sinatra or some other things that we've done with the Cooperage, but we really hadn't done anything really to you know truly pay uh, homage to the Coopers and the craftsmanship. So our Brown Foreman distillery, you know, master distiller Chris Morris has been working with this, and it's something that actually our CEO, Paul Varg, was very much behind, so we've been working on it for, for quite Ten some years. time. Ten years. And Cooper's Craft, obviously, you're paying homage to the incredible craftsmanship by the people that work in the Cooperage. Yes, yeah, it's it's all about the, you know, really educating people on what the, the wood brings out in flavors and colors in a whiskey, and people understand, and this is a real people, real place, you know, with all the bourbons that have been introduced lately, a lot of them are getting their, who knows where they're getting their barrels, who knows where they're actually getting their juice that goes in it. This is something that's real. People can come. If you look at the label, it's got a little 402 McLean Avenue. That's the location of the Cooperage. If you're in Louisville, Kentucky, and you drive up to 402 McLean, you'll, you'll find a big Cooperage that, you know, the building was there in 1925, and it's been making barrels for 70 years now. Incredible. We're going to post pictures at CigarDave.com as well as our social media sites because, I, to me, I'm a, I love blue. I love silver. I love the combination and the way that the bottle looks. 
Again, you stack them up, looks like uh, a barrel. Very, very elegantly done. Great price point. And this really is, tends to be, I'd say this is kind of, on a scale of strength, 1 to 10, it's probably about a 6, 6.5. Tommy, would yeah, you agree? A lot of flavor for But very proof. smooth. Yeah. This would go great. I mean, this goes perfectly with a Florida sun-grown. They, they complement each other. But you could even have a nice, mild Connecticut shade wrapped cigar. I'm thinking yeah. of a Rocky Patel uh, vintage Connecticut. I'm thinking of a Monte Cristo White or a Romeo y Giulietta Reserva Real, certainly a Macanudo, all the way up, I think, even to a medium, medium plus cigar will not overpower. Even a Maduro. A nice even a Maduro yeah. goes very, very nicely. And Greg, what was the response from all the people that uh, work in the Cooperages? You know, there, there's a whole video basically we put together. People are really, really excited. You know, I mean, we have guys that are, you know, we're almost in tears that people are finally recognizing their craftsmanship. And one of the person, people who's featured in one of our ads, you know, has been at the Cooperage 47 years. And you think about how things have changed over the time, you know, to see somebody really recognize their craftsmanship versus them just being somebody who makes barrels. Yeah, that's really incredible. And and what was the response when they tasted the Cooper's Craft for the first time? Everybody loves the flavor, and that's been the greatest part of being part of this rollout. You know, I get to tell the story about the craftsmanship and the cooperage, but when people put it on their lips and you look at the sampling glasses and they're all empty, that's when you know you've got something that, you know, has legs and, and is going to be around for a long time. And I'm sure they said, when do we get our bottle? We get a bottle every month? Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that you're going to do very well with this uh, new Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Ballpark aging, how long? Uh, over four years. Over four so, years. Yeah, it's definitely over four years to be a Kentucky Straight bourbon whiskey and like i said chris is more the master distillers making the ultimate call when it's so ready. he's the same one that also does woodford reserve and old forcer exactly so one more time give us the the content of the different raw ingredients the mash bill. so it's 75 percent corn uh 15 uh rye and 10 percent malt so it's a little less rye than woodford and, and old Forster. but you notice that but it's yeah. very smooth just a nice total balance very very just perfect greg I want to thank you. Just been an honor and a pleasure to have you on, and, and pleasure meeting you. And uh, hope to see you again. And, and hope I get up to, uh, to either Louisville or Alabama, and maybe uh, get a tour of one of the Cooperages. We'd love to have you. And thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. That is Greg Rushkowski. He is the vice president and director of world uh, wood planning, procurement, and processing. Oversees all the Cooperage operations, from bark to barrel. And then he passes it along from barrel to bottle to the distillers. But uh, for Brown Foreman, which is an American-owned company, by the way. And I like to emphasize that. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Tommy, want to thank you once again for your great hospitality. You and Jeff Borshowitz uh, to allow us to broadcast once again from the Davidoff Store and Lounge. Always a pleasure. My pleasure. All right, lieutenants, don't forget the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest two months away. It is going to be Saturday, August 13th. From 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. A great day of cigars, great libations, great food, all-inclusive ticket. Very, very intimate event. Cigardave.com for tickets and info. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. It's time for me to get back to my Cooper's Craft and take another sip of this outstanding new Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Cheers. L'chaim to all.